Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Fireworks in debate number two, and it wasn't so much about Donald Trump being there as it was about the people on stage trying to take each other out. How nasty did it get? Well, if there's one clip to sum up the debate last night, it was this one. Every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. That was Nikki Haley talking to Wamaswamy, Vivek Wamaswamy, about uh, back and forth on different issues. And that was one of the things that she had to say. Then there was also Ron DeSantis, who had a very good night last night. I actually think he probably was the winner of the debate last night because he had a lot of things that he said that made sense about what he would do if he is a commander in chief. One of those examples was this. That is why everything he said, I agree with. That is why as commander in chief, I'm going to use the U.S. military to go after the Mexican drug cartels. They are killing our people. And the stories that I've seen in Florida, we had an infant, 18 months, parents rented an Airbnb. And apparently the people that had rented it before were using drugs. The infant was crawling, the toddler was crawling on the carpet and ingested a fentanyl residue yep. and died. Are we just going to sit here and let this happen, this carnage happen in our country? I am not going to do that. So I guarantee you on day one, this border is going to be a day one issue for me as president. We're going to declare it a national emergency. Yes, we'll build the wall. We'll do remain in Mexico. But those Mexican drug cartels are going to be treated like the foreign terrorist organizations that they are. They're going to be treated like foreign terrorist organizations, which they are. Chris Christie also trying to get into the action. One of the things Chris Christie said uh, was a lot about actually drugs and cartels in Mexico and China. But then he had to take a shot at Donald Trump. It didn't go over well. Listen. Governor Christie, as governor of a non-border state in 2010, you supported a path to citizenship. But when you ran for president in 2016, you flipped saying immigrants should be tracked 
like FedEx packages. Where do you stand now on a path to citizenship for 11 million of undocumented immigrants? Well, the problem is that since no one has done anything since we first had this discussion 13 years ago, we're not in a position to be able to do any of that anymore. What we have to do now is first treat this like the law enforcement problem it is. Our laws are being broken every day at the southern border, every day. And Joe Biden and his crew is doing nothing about enforcing that law. They are letting it go. And by the way, they announced during the presidential race they were going to let it go. And we need to have a, go a president who acts like I did as governor, enforce the law first and foremost. And that means what I'll do on day one is sign an executive order to send the National Guard to partner with Customs and Border Patrol to make sure that we stop the flow of fentanyl over the border, but also to make sure that we send a much different message. We want you here in this country to fill the six million vacant jobs we have, but only if you come here to follow the law and only if you come here legally. If you come here illegally, we will apprehend you and we will send you back across the border from which you came. And the fact is that until we set a law and order agenda in this country, not only now, but in the future, we won't, we won't be able to continue this. And I'll look, I'll tell you this. Donald Trump failed on this as well. He said he was going to build a wall across the whole border. He built 52 miles of wall and said Mexico would pay for it. Guess what? I think if Mexico knew that he was only going to build 52 miles, they might have paid for the 52 miles. That was a line that was supposed to be a cheap shot. It came across as a cheap shot. I don't think it helped him in the debate. I don't think it helped him with the American voters. Now, you take a look at what was said last night, and there was a lot of things that were admitted from the debate. There were some big mistakes by everybody on stage. They were not talking about the Biden crime family. They were not talking about the $250,000 wire transfer, uh, which I spoke about yesterday, coming from Beijing while Joe Biden was running for president of the United States of America in the summer of 2019. They were not talking about the fact that the address used for the wire transfer was his residence, referring to the president of the United States of America's residence. <laughs> These were missed opportunities there. Now, there was a lot of back and forth, all right? Tim Scott, for example, landed a pretty big blow. I thought the biggest loser last night was Vivek Ramaswamy. It was clear that people on stage, they had done their research. They know a lot more about him. And there was a lot of people that were pointing out some of the big question marks about Vivek. And, hey, we don't really trust you. It was to a point where Vivek even said, I know you don't know me. Right. And I know I'm the young guy and I know you're going to have to get to know me and you're going to have to learn to trust me. But that the reason why he had to say that is because the facts are starting to come out about who he is. Listen to this pivotal moment from from Tim Scott going after Vivek and his relationships with China. In fact, his relationships with people in China that had relationships with the Biden crime family. One of those relationships is with an individual that gave five million dollars to the Biden crime family, and Vivek was doing business with him. Listen. There's no doubt the fact that when you think of the Constitution and the 14th Amendment, it was certainly written as it relates to slavery, not as it relates to illegal immigration. It's been applied to illegal immigration. So the challenge that we face is, in fact, one that has to do with whether or not the people that come here are under the jurisdiction of our laws. And frankly, if you come here illegally, you are not. Now, surviving a Supreme Court argument is something I can't tell you. But from a perspective of the Constitution, I think it's so that clearly it was designed for slavery 
and not for illegal immigration. I'll go one step further, though. When we have a conversation about the things that are happening on this stage, we think about the fact that Vivek just said we were all good people. And I appreciate that because last debate, he said we were all bought and paid for. And I thought about that for a little while and said, you know, I can't imagine how you could say that knowing that you were just in business with the Chinese Communist Party and the same people that funded Hunter Biden, millions of dollars, was a partner this of yours as well. It's not nonsense. So look, you, you, you know, I, 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 I want to respond. These, these are good people who are tainted by a broken system. And it's not the fault I, I of anybody who's involved. Some of us are tainted Here's, with the bottom line. Excuse me. Line excuse me. Thank you for speaking while I'm interrupting. Literally. While I'm speaking. Well, literally. No, you said bottom line. If, if, if I may finish. You have You can't be on both sides. Gentlemen, you'll have your turn. One of the challenges we should have. We should have a debate between the big and the this in China. May, Everybody knows that. If I may, if Let's I may focus address, on holding Joe Biden accountable. That's what we need to be I actually agree on. with Ron DeSantis. Well, speaking at the same time, I, no one can understand Exactly. So if I may, I agree with Ron DeSantis on China. When every other CEO expanded into the Chinese market, you know what I did with my first company? We opened a... By the way, Vivek there tried to explain why he went into China. He also is working with a Chinese medical company uh not with with chinese medicine uh and, and pharmaceuticals instead of with america that also came out he also was in business with the individual that was working with hunter biden and the biden crime family you combined all of that you put it all together and what you get from this is vivek had a very tough night if you want to know who I think the loser was, it was probably him. Now, I want to take a moment, and last night, uh, right after the debate, Senator Ted Cruz and I sat down to do our podcast, Verdict, and I want you to hear what he had to say about the debate last night, especially being a former candidate on a stage with Donald Trump uh, and others, and his reaction to who he thinks won and lost. Take a listen. So you and I are recording this. It is 11.41 p.m. East Coast time. I'm in D.C., so the debate just ended a few minutes ago. Uh, I, I got to say, my reaction to it, this was a bumpy debate. There were a lot of rocky moments. I think most of the candidates did not help themselves. But my clear conclusion from tonight is the big winner was Ron DeSantis. Why is that? Uh, I did well, I did not think that in debate one. So remember, debate one, we came together and I said the winners in debate one were Vivek Ramaswamy and Nikki Haley and a little bit Mike Pence. And the real winner was Donald Trump because all three of them were elevated and that hurt DeSantis and DeSantis needs to make it a two man race with Trump. And so that was my take on debate one. Uh, I think going into tonight, DeSantis needed to do well. Uh, and, and I think he rose to the occasion. I think he did by far the best of anyone on the stage. Um, several reasons. Number one is, is just the behavior of the others. I think they bickered like children, and I don't think it helped them. I think when they were just yelling at each other back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, when you see a bunch of people screaming at each other, they don't look like presidents. They're not behaving like presidents. Presidents don't have to yap at each other. And, and, and I thought there were times, particularly in the, early in the debate, when the debate kind of got away from the moderators as the debate went on, uh, the moderators did a better job of getting a little bit of control of it and having a little bit more discussion. But DeSantis had several, he had the best answers of the night. The single best answer of the night 
was his answer on education. And he was uh, the, the, the topic came up about education. It came up about school choice. And he gave a strong, powerful answer about school choice, about how, number one, Florida had implemented universal school choice. Florida's led the country in school choice, so they've got a heck of a record to talk about. Um, he, he, he was asked about the attacks on their efforts to root out critical race theory in Florida, and he directly confronted that. And I thought it was a tight, crisp answer. That was strong. A second answer that was very, very strong is where he talked about having victories. And listen, the reason people got excited about DeSantis when he launched the campaign is the victories that he had in Florida, big policy victories. He emphasized that. The third answer that was really strong is where he talked about winning. And, and he talked about winning in Florida, even as nationally we were getting clobbered in 2022. He won by 19 points. And I think he did an effective argument. In many ways, his strongest argument against Trump is that he won by, while many other candidates that Trump had supported nationally did not win that cycle. And, and, and his argument, you want a winner, you want someone who can beat the Democrats, I'm that guy. I, I think he articulated it much, much better tonight than he did in the first debate. That, that, that's why I think Ron DeSantis won tonight. You know, he mentioned that, that you know, there's, we've lost the last three times, as he described it, right? We were supposed yep. to win in the last midterm elections. We were supposed to win the election before that and the one before that, and we didn't. And, and he, he also compared and contrast, as you mentioned, I think, extremely well. And it clearly clicked, I think, with people watching. I, as I was watching it live, just like you were, there, I was like, okay, this is, this is one of those quasi-moments where he was reminding people of history, like, not only did we win when when the nation was losing uh when republicans were losing on nights we should have won but we won and expanded in florida that was a a a potent moment to remind people that we should have control of the senate right now and we don't because we had some bad candidate selection let's just be honest look republicans desperately want to win the Biden record is an absolute train wreck. And I got to admit, I, I lay awake at night in, in cold sweats that we will see the Democrats reelected in 2024. The damage they've done to the country in the last two and a half years, holy cow, if they get another four, what a bad outcome for the country. So as I'm looking for a candidate, I want someone who can win the damn race. And, and, and in many ways, that is DeSantis's strongest argument and, and in the first debate, he didn't really make it. And he, he came a lot closer to making it tonight. So I, so I think he did better as a result. Let's talk about the, the poll numbers coming out of this real quick. Give me your predictions of who rises and who falls. We had already had one candidate out of Arkansas who's fallen off the debate stage, did not qualify for this one. Everybody's goal is to make it to Miami to the next debate in, what, four or five weeks. Uh, that's, the, that's obviously the center goal. But, but who helped themselves? Who, who is going to go backwards and who could be in real trouble? Look, I, I think the ends of the debate stage, uh, we saw Asa Hutchison fall off. I think the ends of the debate stage uh, are at real risk of being eliminated from the stage. Um, Doug Burgum, his numbers, it's not clear that he qualified for tonight, but they allowed him on the stage. But, but I think his numbers, he's going to have to do a, lot of, a whole lot of movement to qualify for the next debate stage. I think Mike Pence, he's the vice president, the former vice president of the United States. He's a good man. He's a friend. But I think he's right at the edge of not making the, the next debate also. Um, narrowing the debate stage is a good thing. Um, 
this race, if there's going to be a real race, look, in, in many ways, this is sort of like a, a uh, basketball playoff, where, where it's a playoff to see who go, goes, gets to go against Donald Trump. And I guess you can sort of think about it that Trump gets a bye. He's the former president. He's decided to skip the debates. At the end of tonight, was it also the right strategy for him to skip debate number two? Maybe, maybe not. Um, look, I think he's enough ahead in the polls, the national polls. He's up 40-plus points. I mean, that's a strong lead. And I think his, his, his analysis, and it's not a crazy analysis, is he's so far ahead, why would he go and, and from his perspective, elevate the other candidates? You know, you think about in 2016, you had two debates. You had the main debate, and then you had what everyone called the kids' table, which were the candidates that were at 1% and 2%. And very few people watch the kids' table. What Trump has effectively done by skipping the debate is he's trying to turn everyone else into the kids' table. Like, this is not the real candidates. He's the only candidate. I understand that strategy. That is a perfectly rational debate strategy. I will say, you know, Trump got popped a little more tonight than he did on the first night. And and in particular, I think DeSantis hitting him on, on abortion and life. Look, Trump's answer where he said it was a terrible thing that the state of Florida passed a law protecting life. That's an answer. If you're talking to pro-life activists in, in Iowa, I don't know how you defend that answer. And, and I think Trump did a good, or, or rather DeSantis did a good job of really holding Trump to account for it. Now, if he'd been there, Trump could have given an answer. Trump would have presumably said, look, I'm the guy that appointed three justices that overturned Roe versus Wade. I mean, he would have made a forceful response, but he wasn't there. And, and that's one of the consequences of not being there is someone can take a swing, they can hit you, and there's not anyone there who's going to respond or defend you. So there were several shots at Trump. I think that's the, the, the two that, that hit in any material way where I think DeSantis's point on abortion hit, and I also think the general point about we want to win. And what DeSantis argued is that he won in Florida while Trump-supported candidates elsewhere were losing. Those were two shots that scored some blood. Now, do I expect major movements in the polls? No. I, th I think the polls will be very similar next week to where they are this week. So I don't think you're going to see a dramatic move. But I think DeSantis took a meaningful step towards making this a two-man race, and, and the only conceivable way anyone has a shot at beating Trump is for this to be a two-man race, and, and, and I think this was a, a step in that direction. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to fifteen hundred dollars again sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and game sense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in president ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Two 
two-thirds of Americans are at risk of experiencing a blackout. You could be one of them, sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable. So you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like your electric blanket, your microwave, your RV, air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets, so you can power more devices at once and two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I want to talk to you, Senator, about age on the stage. There was a very interesting dynamic on the stage where the elder statesman at the far right was Mike Pence. Uh, if you were watching the instant responses on social media, there were some people that felt that he came across as maybe a little bit too condescending to others on the stage. Uh, some referred to it as the Washington know-it-all arrogance. And then you had Vivek, who had a pretty good debate last time. I don't think he had as good of a debate this time. That's my opinion. And, you know, he was getting hit from all sides tonight a lot of people attacking him on on maybe some of his naivete on things like china uh and and he even said look sometimes i come across as a know-it-all almost accepting that about him your reaction to that dynamic of two very different people at very different stages in their career yeah look vivek had a much rougher night tonight than he did in the first debate first debate he did excellent he surprised a lot of people he got on a lot of people's radar he really did well um tonight look the other candidates don't like vivek and and they did not hide that they were taking shots at him and and it was that there were some pretty sneering moments I, i i do think that the shot that scored the most was the argument that that several candidates made that that nikki haley made that tim scott made about vivek being in bed with communist china and, and they made some pretty specific allegations of he, him being paid by the same players that paid Hunter Biden. 
Five million, by the way, paid to Hunter Biden five million dollars. The same people, which when, when you hear that on stage, that's a, that's a big for me, a red flag. Right. And Vivek did not have a good answer to that. He, he, he just he didn't respond on the substance. He just said, well, well, we need to follow Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment. So don't criticize me. And, and, and I got to say, uh, in in the last debate, Vivek did not follow Ronald Reagan's uh, 11th commandment. And I, and I will say, to Tim Scott's credit, Tim's best moment was when he turned to him and said, hold on a second, Vivek, you said every one of us is bought and paid for. Who the hell are you to say that? That was a good moment for Tim, because it really was a pretty obnoxious thing for Vivek to say, to, to allege that the other candidates are bought and paid for. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to say to the other candidates, you guys are all prostitutes, you don't get to complain moments later, hey, don't criticize me, be nice to me, we shouldn't be, be criticizing each other. And, and so I think that, uh, you, that, that you was s- almost one of the big inexperienced moments when I laugh when people say, I want a new face who hadn't done this before. And I'm like, until you don't. And, and my point is, sometimes experience in politics is actually important. And it's important, especially when you get elected. It's really important when you're dealing with foreign leaders and world leaders at a very high level. When you're dealing with negotiations, if you've never been there before, this whole idea of, oh, I'm the new guy on the block, it's cute until it's not. Look, I think the job of president of the United States is a very serious position. I think the burdens of it are enormous. There's a reason why just about every president who's ever served seems to age about 20 years in the job. It is an insanely difficult job. You know, I'm reminded of uh, when when Trump was newly elected uh, in, in, I think it was March of 2017, uh, Trump had Heidi and me and the girls to, to, to the White House. Uh, for dinner, and we had a, it was a marvelous time. It was very nice of him to invite them, and we brought our girls there. And as we're walking, we're walking by the Rose Garden. Trump looks at me and says, "Wow, who knew this job was so tough?" And I got to admit, I, I, I was. I am rarely at a loss for words. I was genuinely flabbergasted. I was like, uh, 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 <laughs> y- 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 <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, yes." Some of us kind of had that idea. I mean, it was really yeah. a kind of. Uh, and and listen, I don't take that comment wrong. I, I I think when Trump was president, we accomplished an enormous amount. But but I also think this is a job that requires a seriousness of purpose, a seriousness of execution, an ability to communicate, to motivate, to get the job done. And it is a I, I am generally skeptical of any candidate who's never served in, 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 in any government position, waking up and saying, you know, I should be president of the United States. Um, other than generals who won world wars, th- there's not a great history of that. When, when you look at this moving forward and you, and you sit there and you go, okay, I'm Donald Trump tonight. Afterwards, I'm obviously going to watch this thing. Uh, he did his counter-programming with you know, UAW, etc. But, but afterwards, eventually you're going to sit down, you're going to take a look at this. Are you uneasy or do you still feel very confident that you're still going to have a 40-point lead after all this? Oh, look, I think Trump will still have a big, big lead. But he's not happy that DeSantis did well. Trump would have been very happy if, if Ron DeSantis had sucked tonight. Because as long as there are a bunch of candidates, it's why in debate one, I said the biggest winner in debate one was Donald Trump. Because if there are two or three or four people on the stage that are gaining a point or two, he's winning. As long as that field is fractured, he's winning. 
Um, if DeSantis gets some real momentum, if he makes it more of a two-man race, that's not ideal for Trump. And so I'm confident Trump is not happy about that aspect. Um, I do think the next debate, we will see one or two people eliminated from the stage. I think the smaller it gets, the more of a threat it poses to Trump. And, and everyone in the media is saying this race is over. L- listen, that is at least ahistorical at this point. At this point in the race, we're still in September before the election. At this point in the race, Jeb Bush was still the dominant leader. He was starting to fade, and, and Scott Walker was becoming the dominant leader in 2016. After Walker, you had a Ben Carson moment where he sizzled for about two weeks. He, he had a huge surge. And then after that, you had Marco Rubio. And at the end of the day, if you look at 2016... Trump and I went head to head. We were one and two in almost every single state. No other candidate won more than a single state. Kasich won Ohio. Rubio won Minnesota. And Trump and I won every other state in the country. I won 12 states. He won the rest of them. So my point is the people who were dominant leaders in the polls today in, in the 2016 cycle did not win a single state. So the world can change a lot. That being said, Trump is still in a very strong position. I mean, a 40-point lead in the polls is not nothing. It just doesn't mean the race is over, as, as some in the media are wont to say. Let's talk about foreign policy. I, I actually was a little bit um, disappointed in, in the depth of that conversation, uh, and I want to get your reaction to it. There was obviously a lot of talk about China, specifically with Vivek, uh, but then you deal with Ukraine and you deal with border the border issue, for example. It didn't seem to have a lot of depth there uh, that I think many people were hoping for. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of substance. There wasn't a whole lot of analysis of what caused the border crisis. Um, I I don't think any of those candidates have spent significant time at our southern border. I didn't get the sense that any of them fully understood it. Um, You didn't have an explanation as to the the real human tragedy that, that our crisis at the southern border is and why Joe Biden is directly responsible for it. Look, I will say Chris Christie. Chris Christie is the one candidate on that stage who attacks Trump and does so repeatedly. Um, I don't think he helped himself a whole lot tonight. So, for example, one of his big attacks on Trump, and he's been doing this on, on Twitter before, is he says Trump didn't build the wall and he didn't make Mexico pay for it. Now, look, I get that's probably a pretty good line if you're dealing with hedge fund owners and, and donors. But it's a stupid policy attack. Look, there are things that that, that I wish Trump had done differently as president. But on immigration, his record on immigration is excellent. And, And when Trump left the White House, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He negotiated the Remain in Mexico agreement. The Remain in Mexico agreement worked. It worked spectacularly well. Joe Biden inherited an incredible success on illegal immigration, and Joe Biden deliberately blew it up within days of becoming president. And so I think Christie attacking Trump, look, do I wish he'd built more border wall? Sure. But not acknowledging that on on securing the border, Donald Trump did more to secure the border than any president we have had in our nation's history. And, and, and any candidate not saying that is being dishonest. So if you want to find grounds to disagree with Trump, fine. But but that attack, I, I don't know 
of a Republican voter who's persuaded by that attack, unless it's someone that already hates Trump. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, Mexico didn't pay for it. It's like, come on, guys. I I mean, he did more than anyone else has ever done. And the results were really good. And Look, yeah, I, he was I, he was clearly trying. Chris Christie was tr- clearly trying to have a moment. I want to play that because it was a very interesting part of the debate. You just mentioned it. Here is Chris Christie in his own words. Governor Christie, as governor of a non-border state in 2010, you supported a path to citizenship. But when you ran for president in 2016, you flipped, saying immigrants should be tracked like FedEx packages. Where do you stand now on a path to citizenship for 11 million of undocumented immigrants? Well, the problem is that since no one has done anything since we first had this discussion 13 years ago, we're not in a position to be able to do any of that anymore. What we have to do now is first treat this like the law enforcement problem it is. Our laws are being broken every day at the southern border. Every day. And Joe Biden and his crew is doing nothing about enforcing that law. They are letting it go. And by the way, they announced during the presidential race they were going to let it go. And we need to have a a president who acts like I did as governor, enforce the law first and foremost. And that means what I'll do on day one is sign an executive order to send the National Guard to partner with Customs and Border Patrol to make sure that we stop the flow of fentanyl over the border, but also also to make sure that we send a much different message. We want you here in this country to fill the six million vacant jobs we have, but only if you come here to follow the law and only if you come here legally. If you come here illegally, we will apprehend you and we will send you back across the border from which you came. And the fact is that until we set a law and order agenda in this country, not only now, but in the future, we won't we won't be able to continue this. And I'll look, I'll tell you this, Donald Trump failed on this as well. He said he was going to build a wall across the whole border. He built 52 miles of wall and said Mexico would pay for it. Guess what? I think if Mexico knew that he was only going to build 52 miles, they might have paid for the 52 miles. But by the way, Senator, if, if he would have just stopped before he took the cheap shot at Trump, which I don't think landed with anybody that was watching, certainly not Trump supporters, it would have actually been a pretty decent response to the question. Yeah, look, There is not a single human being on planet Earth that thinks Chris Christie would be better on stopping illegal immigration than Donald Trump was. But there just isn't. Um, The question began with, gosh, you flip-flopped and you've embraced amnesty repeatedly in your career. And Chris Christie built his career as a blue state governor and a liberal, liberal to moderate Republican. And so the attack – look, I think in debates and in politics – Truth and authenticity matters, that, 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 that when you have, when you make a point that's from the heart, that's real, that can land. And so it's why I think DeSantis's point about we need to win and we didn't win the way we should have in 2018, 2020 and 2022. That's a real argument. That's something primary voters are like, holy crap, we can't lose in 24. And I'm a little bit nervous. I don't want us to lose. Like, that's an argument that has some teeth. The argument that Trump didn't care enough about securing the border. It's just not true. And, and and I don't think it hurts any of the candidates to acknowledge truth and reality, to say, yeah, look, I mean, we had some real successes on securing the borders. There are more to do, sure. But you didn't have anyone explain what caused this crisis was the decision, one decision from Joe Biden. 
which is to embrace catch and release so that now when illegal immigrants are apprehended, they let them go and they don't deport them. As long as you do that, you cannot solve the problem. That means the next president, if you simply say, if you cross into this country illegally, we will catch you, we will put you on a plane, and we will fly you back to your damn country. That's the answer. That's how you secure the border. And, and, and you didn't have anyone with that clarity, but I think Christie's answer on that it didn't land because it was hitting Trump on an area of strength and not an area of weakness. All right, make sure you share this podcast on social media to help us grow, please, so we can reach other people and write us a five-star review if you would take a moment to do that. It helps us reach more people, and I'll see you back here tomorrow. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. To get your solar generator now, you'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.